the Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Hello, I'm Ken Crowther and this is the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. Don't forget, you can subscribe to this podcast on BBC Sounds. This week, Dave Gillam is my special guest, taking your calls on everything from roses, hedges and even orchids. Dave's got some top tips on things you could be getting on with in the garden, plus the plant of the week. We go straight to your calls, and this week we start with Treasure from Stebbing. That's a lady I haven't heard from for quite a few months. Oh, good morning, Ken. I'm looking out my window at a very sorry climbing rose. Right. (laughs) The archway has fallen down in the wind, and I've managed to remove it. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a Dublin Bay rose. It's quite old, mm-hmm. and the bottom stems of it are quite thick, and all the sort of um, new greenery is coming out from the top. Now, I bought a new rose arch to put up, yeah. which is identical, so that will fit in place okay, but I'm wondering how far back I can trim the branches to make it easier to get it up and over the arch. <laughs> well, do you know, it's something interesting that... Uh, Dave, that I I know I am quite ruthless, and I mean ruthless, with climbing roses. Yeah. I don't know whether you are. But if you can... It's interesting that she's got all that growth on the ground because yeah. so often people don't. They just leave it against the wall and they don't therefore take much of the material out, do no. they? Whereas you can, can't you? You can really... Get rid um, of that old stuff. Yeah, and it's probably a good... Because you've got a new arch and a new time, it's probably a good time to really refresh the plant. So I, I would look to really... You know, hard take, hard prune some of the old stems, get them down low, and you'll probably find that you get new shoots from those that you can then train up the side to refresh that. But have a good, good tidy up. Perhaps you know if you're reducing it to the to the height of the vertical part of of the arch, and then take some of those older stems down even harder. Well, it's only really two thick older stems. Yeah, I'd, and I'd, I'd be I take brave. them right down. Will I not kill it? Not if you <laughs> depends where right down is, but if you've only got two stems, I I would take them down, um, you know, perhaps to three foot if, yeah. if that's what I, you've got there. I, would, I wouldn't um, worry, and you, you will get shoots from those stems that have come up Fair nice enough. and low I down. To lose it, especially as I've spent out for a new archway. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, you well, always, <laughs> always go out and buy something else. <laughs> have you got a rose no, both sides? No, side? no, you you get you get to. Under your plants like you do of your animals, you don't want to lose them. No. That's 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 right, treasure. Now the other thing to just say is, have you got plants on both sides or only on one side of the arch? No, I've got them on both sides. One side is is um, it's still attached to a bit of the arch that I left there, and that's quite all right. That's that's of a size I can sort of bend back over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd go for a, a rejuvenation. Righty ho! All right. Will so, do. We can't do anything about my lilac tree that just crashed down onto the shed and squashed <laughs> the bird table, can we? <laughs> no, uh, you probably we, want to prune that as well. <laughs> yeah, cut, cut the bit off that's broken down, and if another bit shoots up, you'll be all right. No, it, it's it's right out of the ground. Oh, the, um, out, out, and get something else. It's yeah. right out, and the roots are sticking out. Yeah, sometimes they do just yep. run out of puff. See, that one's a, a goner. Yeah, yeah, a goner. Thank you very much, Treasure from Stebbing. Nice to hear from you again. Haven't heard from you for a little while. I, I do remember certain people's names and voices. Why not give us a call? 0800 111 4041. 
Dave Gillam and myself are here to answer your gardening questions, but to talk gardening. Tell us what you're up to. Tell us if you've got successes, failures. We'd like to hear from you as well. Simple as that. Let's go to Bill from Mark's Tay. Hello, Bill. Uh, good morning, Ken. Good morning, Dave. Yeah, I wonder if you can help me. Um, I've got a couple of privet hedges, but one I'm not bothered with. The other one runs up the side of my uh, drive. It's grown to about at least eight foot high. It's about four foot wide. I keep it trimmed sides and on top, but it's getting a bit uh, dodgy now to get up there on the ladder and cut go right along, along the top to get it level. Would it be in order... Will I, not, will I harm the plant or not if I, with my uh, tools that I've got, uh, hedge trimmers and that, cut along about two or three foot down? Take two or three fine. foot off of the height of it. Will it survive? Oh, yeah. No, it should be fine. Uh, you know, yeah. probably now's as good as time to do it as any mm -hmm. when you get yeah. the new growth up. Yeah. Um, They're just starting to bud, aren't they? Yeah, I would, yeah. I would probably, I know it might affect the side um, shape a little bit, but... I'd probably have a little fin out in there as well. You know, if you're going to do it, get yeah. in there and take out some of the old stuff that's sort of probably just in there because it hasn't managed to make its way out yeah. um, and, and have a good go for it. But it certainly won't hurt. Yeah. Now, I've got another one the other side of the front garden that's uh, easily manageable. But what I've done a couple of weeks ago, I took about a foot off of it. And now I'm looking at it now. And it, whilst it's green at the sides... On the top, it's brown, it's dead, it's, it, looks, it looks terrible. Yeah. But I think if I leave that, it will come back. It will, okay. yeah. yeah. And I, but the, the other one, the side on my drive, which gives us loads of smashing protection during the bad weather, uh, I thought so I could take two or three foot off of that and it would make it much more easier for me to keep it at that height. <laughs> to maintain uh, it. But I didn't want to do that if it's going to kill it. No, no, it shouldn't do, shouldn't do it yeah, at all. About, Mate, there's about a dozen base plants in yeah. there which forms this hedge make sure you so get some uh, feed to the plant as well and you know rake out all the old leaves from underneath and get some some good fertilizer um down there and, and give it a watering and you'll probably find it it'll grow away stronger thank you very much indeed that's all right it's a pleasure that's bill from monks tay he's given us a ring as you can there's a line free at the moment on 0800 4041 that's 0800 4041 uh, or you can text me straight into the studio, um, just as Jen from Onga has on uh, 81333. Start your message with the word Essex. It's as easy as that. I'm going to just look at, a, <clears throat> at a, an email now, ken.crowther at bbc.co.uk, and sending you a picture of snowdrops. They're planted in a line across <laughs> the lawn. They're very thick indeed. They're looking really good, aren't they, Dave? Yeah. And uh, I feel it's time to thin them. Yeah, they look like a hedge, actually, talking <laughs> of hedges. That's what reminded me of. Um, it says it wants to transplant the thinnings. I'm told they are best planted in the green. They are. Yeah. So should I do that now, and should I remove flower heads? Do you bother with taking flower heads off snowdrops? I think it, it can't hurt. Um, it can't, anything yeah, to, to stop the plant producing seeds, which is giving energy to, to do so. Um, you don't really want the, the seed head, so it wouldn't hurt to, to deadhead them. But just removing the tip, you want to leave the flowering stem um, to die back down into the bulb. So don't just sort of do it from the base. Um, Interesting trying to get them out of a lawn, I think, and separate them out. You might have a bit of a messy lawn. If it's, uh... Yeah, it seems a bit, isn't it? It's not too good there, is it? <laughs> but, right. Um, yeah, do it. So they are. That's uh, that's um, answered you. That's Peter from Black Notley. Don't forget you can email us here in the studio as well, ken.crowther at bbc.co.uk. 
Uh, we do try and answer them on air. If I don't get to them on air, I will eventually answer them. But it does take me a bit of time to get through your emails. Um, let's go to Jean in Greenstick Green. She's rung us on 0800 4041. Dave is my guest today here in the studio, Dave Gillam, and we're talking gardening. Early potatoes with Jean in Greenstick Green. Is that right, Jean? Yes, that's right, Ken. Last night on Gardener's World, yes. Monty Don suggested planting early potatoes by just dabbing them in. Or Do you recommend that or not? Do you recommend you should have a trench? <laughs> yeah, in fact, you know what? I, I I thought the ground looked really soggy where he put it. It looked like, in fact, I don't watch all of Gardener's World, but I happened to watch that bit, yeah. and I thought it looked like porridge what he was putting it in because he said there was loads of. I'm not running him down, but it there was loads of organic matter in it. Did you think that as he made the hole, it sort of looked Probably wet? Got a bit sloppy. It looked yeah. sloppy yeah. to me. But anyway. Uh, is it? It is a way. We work, I mean, the way he did it. There's nothing wrong with no. doing early potatoes, is no. there? No, oh, it's planting any potatoes like that. I think the key bit is is whether your ground is well prepared. If the ground is well prepared, and this was a raised bed, so yeah. he said it's a raised bed, so it's going to be well prepared. That's Loads fine. Of compost. Yeah, you can just drop them in there. You can use a bulb planter um, to make a hole and just drop them down. You don't need to dig a big trench and do that. Generally, when people are growing potatoes, are growing them in a rough bit of ground because they want to improve it, they want to use them, um, and the ground isn't that great, especially in Essex. We've got a lovely bit of clay, and it's an easy opportunity to add a little bit of extra organic matter there and, and improve the soil and make it better. So if your ground's in good good condition, mm-hmm. yeah, that's fine, no yeah, problem. Yeah, you can do it that way, yeah. But you'd still want to earth them up. I've seen them grown through um, landscape fabric, and that does really quite well. It's certainly easy. Because you don't have to no earth weeds. them up, you don't get any weeds, you don't get the uh, the green spots on the potatoes where the lights get into them, and you can just peel it back and get to them. But... I mean, I'll ask you something else, Dave. He, he suggested, and I was I'm a bit wary of doing it because it's not something I would do. He said, dig a trench out and put loads of manure in the bottom. Well, what, if you put manure in the bottom, it yeah. encourages the slugs, doesn't it? It does, and it can cause rot. Not so it? free draining. I mean, manure isn't. Draining, is it? You no, put it in there. Not, to in, add, not in Essex, particularly. No, add moisture retention generally. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm more of a, a, a bit, mix it in the backfill or mix it into the bottom. But putting layers of manure into bottoms of trenches, it's not what I'd do. No, no, it was a stra- It was interesting, Gene, because you've noticed that Dave, myself, and Monty all have slightly <laughs> different ideas. And That's right. Now, do you recommend putting any grow more in when you plant the potatoes or not? Not in with them, do you? Not in with them, no. no. Um, it's probably worth putting a scatter, you know, on the on the top as your back fill, but you you wouldn't want it next to the potato. No, um, no, okay. In an ideal world, if you can ever do it, use use what I call base fertilizer. So grow more, bluffish and bone, bone meal. They all take a, a, a certain number of weeks to break down and start being available to plant. So if you're going to use them, really, you plan ahead and go right. This bit of ground I'm going to plant in three weeks' time apply the blood fish and bone and then when you're planting it's already there and available and you're not going to scorch plants or roots with fresh fertilizer either Oh, okay then. Thanks so much. All right. That's yeah, okay. That, that's Jean and Green uh, talking potatoes. We should have mentioned actually, and if anybody is thinking potatoes while we're talking about potatoes, you can literally go early in a bag, in a bin, yeah. dustbins, anything, as yeah. long as it's got free draining at the bottom. Now, compost bags double up quite yeah. well. You can they? even put them in your compost heap. Yeah. They'll grow, won't they? They'll help you turn it over, won't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there's lots of ways you can do it. 
Time now to take a look at Plant of the Week, which is Loris Noblis, or to you and I, yes, it's just bay tree. It's a lovely plant. It grows slowly. It's an evergreen shrub, often grows into a large tree if you let it. It actually originated from the Mediterranean and, and bay was found and used by the early Greeks and even found in Roman culture, sometimes used as medicine. It flowers now. That's what I'm talking about. It's got a lovely creamy, greeny white flower, um, about a one centimetre across, and it produces a fruit, a small black berry, a bit like a sort of droop, and it's got one seed in it. And you often find the seeds will drop and they will produce um, small trees, so you can often get more bay trees from your tree. Right, we've talked about how they were used by the Greeks and the Romans. Well, yes, they're used today in stews and all sorts of things. The leaf is pulled out before you eat, often used in Mediterranean foods, and ground up and used in stocks and soups. So they are even added to Bloody Marys. It's a slow-growing shrub, as I said earlier. It puts up with minus five degrees. It does very well in containers. And often you find that it's grown as a sort of topiary. You can see them in balls and different shapes. Um, very easy to grow. Just plant it in a John Innes number three if you're planting it in a pot. So we've talked about the topiary. You can stick it in front of your front door if you like that. I like to grow them in the ground myself. And it doesn't struggle with much at all. Gets a bit of leaf spot from overwatering and it goes yellow if it's struggling with a lack of water as well. Base sucker is its only problem. You can only spray it if you're not using it as an edible plant. Out of interest, rabbits don't like it either. So go on, it's in flower. Buy it, go out and buy one. Don't buy a shape one. Buy a, just an ordinary Loris Nobilis or Bay and then create your own shape that you want. We're going to go back to Lorna now and see if we can help her with her grass. Hello, Lorna. Well, it's not my own grass, but I'm in a flat. Right. That's a lovely grass that was outside on the ground floor I am, outside it was lovely grass. Mm -hmm. But as a person what living here got a dog and she's let it just foul all over the grass. Right. We all over the grass. I've got to put it like that because right near my window, and the grass looks... Just as if I've got alopecia. Now, will that grow back again, dear? Because I used to like looking out at that grass. It was lovely. It's, I mean, it's normally the female dogs we yeah. that, that does it. So, you know, if yeah, it's... Yeah, it's a female. It's a bitch, yeah. Um, yeah, will I mean... Will grow back? Cause it will in... People that own these don't seem to bother. No, it will in the end. Cause it's just will... basically, it makes it... Um, like brownie patches. Yeah. yeah, and then they go yellow, yeah. and then what happens is they grow thicker around the edge because in the <laughs> yeah. ammonia, isn't ammonia, it? The ammonia, so the bits that aren't affected. It, it messes with the pH, but normally, once plenty of water and rain over time, they all grow back. I get it with my, my lawn the same. I've got a dog, and she has a tink. Oh, luckily, it's always nearly in the same spot, so I sort of ignore, ignore it. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Will, that, will that hurt the trees, Dick? Because there's some little no, bushes here. no. no. No, it's just a grass where it just scorches it a little bit, where it changes the, the, the pH. If if you can, and I, I tried doing it, but I just run out of patience, but you can you know, follow dilute behind it. with a watering can and just, just yeah, dilute I it at the time. More, the more that rain, the better that is for that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm glad we had that rain can. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good job, wasn't it? A good drop yeah. we had, yeah. Yeah, okay. but I just worried about because it, it ain't mine. I needn't bother, but it looks nice to look at. And I thought, yeah. I don't like all these patches. 
No, it's and just... this woman's persistent. Let it do it. Well, yeah. they've, got, they've got to go somewhere, haven't they? Yeah. <laughs> and sa- sadly, people often aren't, don't, some people, some people mm. do not respect other people's areas particularly, but it, it is difficult, especially in flats, if yeah. people have got dogs shared in flats. Areas, it's shared areas. Shared areas is very difficult. So thank you, Lorna, for that, uh, that question. And we're going to move on. Yeah, we're, we're, all, we're all over the border today, aren't we? Because we're going to Antonia. Hello, Antonia. Hello, Ken. I had a couple of questions, if I may. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one, um, you had a caller the other week who had lots of blind daffodils, but we've yep. got an amazing crop of daffodils. Good. Um, but what's, the great, what's a good time to um, separate them? Right, well, this man opposite me, this Dave Gillam guy, you see, he uh, he's not only a dahlia expert, but he's also taken up growing narcissi, which yes. is obviously daffodils as well, uh, covers daffodils, doesn't it? So uh, c- can I class you now as a daffodil expert, do you I, reckon? I, I've won a national tra- championship in daffodils, so it probably There you go. Um, just briefly to anybody what Antonia was, was referring to about the blindness, I yeah. said that because we had extreme weather last year... Mm. You will notice even on roundabouts and sides of roads in certain areas where it's extremely burnt out, yeah. a lot of daffodils have not produced their their new stuff, new growth for this year. There's yeah. a lot of more blindness than there was. And I know a Taylor Bulbs, I was quoting, 100 years of growing daffodils yeah. suffered this terribly oh, this year. There was a, there was a, a shortage in supply. And there will be a shortage yeah. in the next few years for yeah. the same reason. But anyway, so when do you separate them, Dave? Well, really, your best bet is to let them go through the cycle. Um, so allow the leaves to die down. The, the, the trouble with this is you've then got to remember where they are. You wouldn't move them in the green? <laughs> I wouldn't, no. I think any disturbance when they're in the green can affect how well they die back. It, it accelerates it. So if you lift them up, they tend to die back quicker. And it's the longer you can keep them alive and green after they're flowered, the more the bulb will build back up for the following year. So ideally, you'll be you'll be watering and feeding the clumps so even the smaller bulbs are getting fed and will develop. Then you can just, once they get that bean, six, seven weeks after flowering, they'll be yellowing, you know, then you could probably be able to trace the leaves down to find the bulbs, separate them out, perhaps give them a little, you, know, you can keep them dry for a month or two until you plant them again, um, and then just replant fresh fertiliser, bit of space and you'll find they'll sort of get away quite well okay does that help you antonia no really clear um can i get another one in go on go for it um so this is the second year running i've tried to grow peas um and within one day of planting them out something has 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 destroyed them back to the store Um, mice mice i I want to know whether it's the pigeons or the slugs it's probably the mice. But it's mice nip that new growth yeah. just as that tip comes out, they nip it, don't they? <clears throat> new shoots come up, and it is like we, you know, they're nice to eat, aren't they? Fresh pea shoots because um, we, eat we have pea them on salads, yeah. and the mice absolutely love them. Um, so the only way you can get around that is is with a bit of um, fairly fine chicken mesh, just sort of over the little dome over them until they get away. You find once they grow them in in uh, grow them in a tube. Couldn't yeah, you could grow yeah, them in grow tubes. In trays of tubes. Um, and then plant pe- them out. People do them in half um, gutters, don't yeah. they? Just to slide them in. It's about just getting them growing a bit more than when they first sprout. Um, and then you find the mice and that leave them alone. Okay, brilliant. Give, right. it, give it a go and let us know how you get on. How about that? Do. Okay. Thanks a lot. <laughs> 
Thank you. Bye-bye there, Antonio uh, from Suffolk. And we go to Joy in Colchester. Hello, Joy. Hello there. Um, I've got two questions as well. That's all right. Um, pittosporum. I've got a pittosporum that um, is all the leaves have got like chocolate brown marks, stains on them. And I've mm. never, you know, I, I think I repotted it up because it's in a pot. Um, you know, end of summer, I can't remember when I did it, but it was put in a different pot. But now all the leaves, they're still, they're still green, but they're covered in these um, brown sort of chocolate marks all over It'd be a them. spot, wouldn't it, one of the spots? Yeah, is it one of the variegated ones? Um, no, not really. It's just no, because sometimes you get, um, you get it more one. prevalent on there. I wouldn't worry about it. I reckon that, I mean, last summer was particularly hazardous for anything in a pot. Mm. I I know you repotted it, but it's only you've got to have got stressed. Somewhere And the stress will then run through the plant and through the winter period as well. It just sometimes gets spots. Yeah, you'll probably find there's some new growth starting to come, the the new shoots. It's probably just dispatching of its leaves. They do that. Evergreens will have a good shed every now and again, and they quite often go spotty. It's completely covered, every yeah. single leaf. I've got another one near it, and it looks like that's going to do the same. Could well, you, you could spray it with um, the parent fungicide? It's fine, because that's in in a huge pot. Yeah. And we just took these off as cuttings um, it, in case we lose one. Is it and, worth uh, it? Is, <laughs> they look very healthy now. But, I mean, no. they're two or three years old, these cuttings, so... Yeah, I, I would think you use a fungicide or you not? You could, but I'm not really I'm not. Sh- confident of anything that would affect it or, or do it. Feed. So just give it a feed and perhaps a light, give it, get a pair of shears out and just give it a light trim and you'll probably find all the new growth will come through fine. Would you do that now or would you wait? I'd wait till the end of the month myself for trimming, yeah. would you? I, I tend to do these things when I think now. about it. So. <laughs> okay. Um, just give it a trim. And then know, a seaweed and a base? Feed. Yeah, just... Yeah, I see it was shooting, but... Um... I've got to go outside and look at it. When you get get a nice day this week, which is supposed to be, give it a nice trim and then what? We said you said a liquid, a seaweed base? Yeah, just to give it a a, a boost. Normally when evergreens start producing new shoots, they lose the old. Um, My indoor orchid, I've had it I don't know how many years. Too long to remember, (laughs) I think. Now, that's been performing fantastically well. But this time, um, it's... The lot of the buds have just gone yellow and dropped, you know, sort of dropping off before they're flowered. The three, four flowers came out on the first, it's still on the same stem, but the rest haven't sort of swollen. I don't know if it got a bit too dry, but I, um, so I don't know why they've gone like that because I've, as I said, I can't remember how many years I've had it. (laughs) It Sometimes they do that. Potting, but I don't know when to repot that because it's more outside the plant pot than there is in the <laughs> plant pot, I think. It depends how big the pot is that it's in, but quite often orchids will, will shed buds or lose buds for exactly as you said, it either dry or wet. Dry or wet. <laughs> you know, it's either too much water or not enough, and, and the plant reacts just by saying, no, I haven't got enough strength here to finish these flowers off, so it, it drops drops them. It's not. You know, long-term detrimental, the plant normally gets through it and carries on and produces a few more. Yeah, because the buds um, further down the stem haven't swollen up either, so I suppose I must have left it... Because what I usually do, I give it a good drink and then I leave it for a while before yeah. I, um, you know, I stand it in water, then I drain it, yeah. feed in, 
and uh, you know till it sort of dries out again. Then I give it another good douching, and it's lived for umpteen years now. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 you're not doing it wrong, but you've probably you know it's just just missed a missed it a day or two, and it's got it a sorts, bit dry. It'll yeah. sort itself out. Thank you, Joy, for your call, and we go to Leon C now, and talk to Lynn. Lynn. What, Hello, Ken. What are you I've worried got, about? I've got two young red robins that I've put in, and one mm-hmm. looked not as good as the other to start off with, and then something started to eat both of them, the new red leaves coming through. So I gave them a spray with dilute washing liquid, which sometimes does the job. The healthy one's recovered, that's fine. The other one hasn't, it's still being eaten. Right. I wondered if you could... I don't like using chemicals if there's anything right. Well, my first <laughs> my first comment is that you shouldn't be using washing up liquid because oh. that that washing up liquid is a detergent. It's not good on the ground. Um, it doesn't help the plant, and it hasn't got a license for being used on a plant. <laughs> there are plenty of good organic methods, aren't there? Yeah, you can you can get organic pesticides. So although you recommend a, one to me specifically. Well, as a resolver one, they're both, they're all the brands have an organic version. Um, Everybody has. Yeah, you should be able to walk into... To Miracle Grow do one. Yeah. They all do them. And then they will say organic. Um, right, now let's go back to... the proper ones, but... <laughs> no, you're better off with a systemic, which doesn't, you know, people worry about chemicals, but if you knew that we're one of the leading countries on protection of, of uh, chemicals when they're used in the garden... Mm. So you shouldn't be worrying at all. But anyway, going back to your plant, your red, is it only the red pieces that are being eaten or are the green, are the green bits lower down got any marks on them or cuts? Yeah, they've got, they've got a few brown spots and they're not too bad. But it's no, hang on, you said, eaten. yes, but are any of the lower ones being eaten? Have they got chew marks no. on the edges? No, no. Just the red the new tips. new red ones, as they come through, they get eaten. All right. Oh, but, do they get picked off? Well, they get chewed on. It looks like somebody's had a good old chew mm. down right Someone, at the base of the leaf. <laughs> Sometimes the birds will uh, pick at the fresh shoots. Um, you reckon, we, you reckon we the was, birds doing it? Could be on the new shoots. We was thinking whether it might have been it's vine weevil. But it would be lower down as well. You'll have it, it on the old stuff. And it looks like someone's gone around the edge with a hole punch and just sort of nibbled around the edge. So it wouldn't decimate a whole leaf and certainly not a whole new growth. Um, if it's soft enough, maybe... A slug might be feeling brave, but they don't normally don't go that high, they? Going that high or problems on, on shrubs. It They're not very birds. high. They're only about mm, four inches high. Oh, right. Could be slugs. Yeah. Could be slugs, yeah. Yeah, you reckon it's slugs, yeah? Could yeah. be, yeah. Use slug pellets carefully. There's not many things that will, would strip a leaf, you know, that much. A caterpillar might, but it's, it's a bit early for those. Slugs are about, so it could be that. Right, okay then, thank you. That's why if it's a bit damp, nip out there over night with a torch and you'll probably see them if they're there. (laughs) (laughs) And they're again organic slug pellets and methods to get rid of slugs. Back to your gardening question in a moment, but right now on the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, we've got some top tips on things you could be getting on with this week. Now, first up, there's got to be rose pruning. So rose, prune your roses. And I'm a bit uh, harsh. I like to cut them back quite hard, um, as hard as you can. I can take them down to six to nine inches and that works really well indeed. Um, Outward-facing buds and cut out any cross-growth that you might have. Simple as that. Also, give them a blooming good feed at the same time. This includes pruning climbers as well. 
So they are. You can do climbers as well as these bush roses. If you've got patio roses, just shape them up with a pair of secateurs or even clip them over with some shears. The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Now let's go to John in Brentwood. Hello, John. Sorry to have kept you waiting a little while. Oh, that's okay. Morning, Ken and Dave. Morning. I'm on about compost. You're not mm-hmm. on about compost again, are you, John? <laughs> yeah, I am. There was a programme on the BBC where there was a lot of people ringing up and saying that what, with big gardens as well, saying about what they could, they got so much garden ru- rubbish. Yeah. And I can't understand why they're not using it as compost. I agree with you. But uh, how good is homegrown compost with with um, and what can't you put on because I was under the impression you could put almost anything on. It's, that's an interesting... I think if you look... Mm. I think we ought to start, Dave, with compost. It's not like buying a bag of compost that no. has had nutrients added to it. It's nutrient value, isn't it, Dave? It's, it's, quite, it's very nothing, low. Yeah. What is its... Let's look at its value and then we'll go through just a couple of things that you shouldn't or should put on. Yeah, I mean, garden compost, as I was, anyway, I seem to separate it, is good soil conditioner. So it will it will break down and continue to break down in the soil and improve that. It works great as a mulch if you just want to mulch the surface to keep the moisture and the weeds down, depending on obviously how old it is. How it? old it is. It, if you don't, if it's not old enough and it's not been getting hot enough and you've been throwing weeds on your compost heap, you can also add a few weed seeds back in. But um, so use it as a mulch and let the worms just take it down into the ground. But it's not something. I do hear stories of people potting up plants in garden compost and then wondering why they're not thriving. I mean, I think potting compost is best left to the professionals, the people yeah. that make it, mix it and do it. But garden compost, as you say, there isn't really anything that you can't compost. Anything woody, small, obviously. Small, thin twigs you can thin put stuff, in. Thin stuff, you can do that. Leaf. Um, and I, I know people that add obviously things like newspaper shreddings and yep. things to add a bit of carbon into there and try to get a good mix. But it's about maintaining it and making sure it doesn't get too dry because people forget that compost will dry out and then it doesn't compost so so well. Um, keep the air movement in it and keep a good mixture of, of organic stuff going in there. So not just grass cuttings, not just leaves. You need to mix it, don't you? need to mix it. And if, it. You're, if you are using lots of grass cuttings, it's worth a bit of soil mixed even yeah. with it, yeah, purely because a bit of sludge, it'll really. go sludgy. Yeah. And the other thing, John, is that you shouldn't add eggshells and meat waste and mm. bone purely, oh, no, be- no, no, purely no. because it encourages rats. That's yeah. the only what reason. A, what about if, you, when you, if you've got a good compost heat, normally it's alive with very, very... Uh, Brandlings. Yep. Yeah, brandlings. Worms. Yeah, uh, very lively worms who fight you like hell if you want to move them out of it. <laughs> uh, yeah. If you put, uh, can I mention the name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, go on. What were you talking if about? If you put, is it Garota? Yeah. yeah. If you put that on, does that kill these worms? No, Garota really is just a, a fairly high nitrogen granular feed. The, the composting process uses nitrogen. So you're just um, adding nitrogen. Yeah, right? so you're adding nitrogen so that the compost process has got some fuel to, to do so. So it's not going to hurt the worms. It's well worth, if you're starting a new compost from the old, to use some of that old compost yeah. at the bottom of it 
So you're taking the worms and moving the worms with it because they're the ones that are really doing the work for you. Right. Last thing, if I may, I've got two plastic uh, compost bins. Yep. And uh, when we used to have an allotment, we used to use corrugated iron with a wooden surround. Mm. Now, when you lifted it, you could feel the heat. Yeah. I've noticed with the plastic bins, it doesn't ever feel hot. Not on top, anyway. Sometimes it's it's the it's the width of the bin that's yeah. the restrictor, isn't it? Really. Yeah. And sometimes they they will. Um, if you do it in the old way, you just had your sheets and an open top, and the rain would get in. Um, moist. And it's moist. The, com- the plastic ones can dry out, and when the sun gets them, they heat up. But it's a dry heat, not a compost heat. So generally, just try to keep the moisture there. Bit of carpet on the top of it inside, just to keep a bit of pressure on there and the dampness in. Um, you'll find they probably will work just as well. Uh, well, I find when you lift the lid, it's covered in camouflaged slugs. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what brand of slug it is, but they look like camouflaged people. Yeah, it's just somewhere nice to hide, isn't it? Mm. But try a bit of carpet on the top. Try a bit of carpet and a bit more moisture, John, and I think you'll find they'll work quite well. I'm gonna Thank you very much for your call, John. Good to talk to you again. And we're moving to Bob in Walton on the Nays. Bit windy down there, isn't it, Bob? Very. <laughs> now then, don't go upsetting me again. Right. <laughs> to me twice. <laughs> he told me my coxies were no good and you were right. So I had to cut three down. Right. But then you told me potatoes had, what was it, scab? Yeah. And you were right again. So try and do something right this time. <laughs> okay, what would you like to know today then, Bob? <laughs> right. Um, um, rose, rose shrubs. Yes. When do you cut them or prune them back? Now, are we talking about shrub roses or roses bushes? I don't know. Well, what do they do? Do they have a biggish flower on them? Uh, yeah. I suppose so. Normal roses you've got, yes? Pardon? Normal roses, yes? If you say so. Yeah. Let's go for normal roses. It's, if if they're proper shrub rose, then you'll find they'll have like the old English rose type flower on them. But if they're just rose bushes, um, now's a good time to do it. Right, um, no. Not after the, after the program, you can go yeah, out and yeah, do Yeah, them. wait another 20 minutes, but um, cut them hard down. And what you're trying to do is open up the plant. You want to yeah. remove anything that's crossing, anything that looks a bit damaged or, or you know, through the winter, um, and give them a real good prune. Cover, follow that up with a real good feed, um, and then they should be fine. Righty ho. Last question then. Seeing you've made my life difficult again. <laughs> what's, what's the difference between a bush rose and a rose, whatever it is? A shrub, a shrub rose. rose. A shrub rose, yeah. How you prune it, really. It's how you prune it. Shrub um, roses are like shrubs. You know, they continue to grow on and that, growth. And they can be big. They can be five foot, six yeah. foot high. No, I don't want that big. No, I think you've got bush, bush normal bush roses, which oh, you would yeah, cut deck hard back. And don't forget, give them, a, give, give them a feed as well, Bob. They appreciate... Yeah, yeah, steak, yeah steak got, and chips. Give them a feed now, and that will definitely <laughs> help them. Bob, thank you very much for your walking on the nays of, of weather as well. Nice to know. Graham from Braintree, what have you got for us in your... Is it a lawn you're looking at, Graham? Yeah, a lawn that was laid on topsoil, new topsoil, um, seeded about three years ago, 
and we get patches and we just can't seem to seed and get rid of the patches back to back to very thin grass no matter Did... how much seed we put on but it just doesn't seem to do the right. job i'm going to ask did yeah, I'm being careful here. Did you get the topsoil, or did um, you have it done? No, no. We uh, we bought in some twenty five tons of topsoil. Right, and you bought it from a reputable company. Oh, uh, we believe so. It came <laughs> from a reputable place. Okay, that's fine because that's really important because topsoil varies so much. Yeah. Uh, you've got a British standard in, but believe it or not, you've got a British standard in in, in topsoil. And in fact, um, that's what you always ask about is, does it comply with British standards? Because there's um, a standard topsoil. That's why I ask, because there's a lot of rubbish sold as topsoil as well. Um, I know I'll get told off for that, but it's true, and it does. Yeah. It's bad. It depends where it okay, comes from. so you've got areas that, let's look at the areas that you've got. Look, just won't take seed. Got any ideas on how you could help? How, I, how I, big are these patches? Um, some are sort of two foot across and some are about four by six foot. That's big. That is it? a big area. Um, you didn't have any trees or plants there previously before you, you, you know, put the lawn there? Um, yeah, previously. Um, let me say the topsoil is growing successfully plants around the border of the grass. Yeah. So if that gives you any idea of how no, good or bad... No, it's just whether there was any old plant roots and things that are in an area that, that have been covered over or um, just why these patches, because it's normally something to do with the ground more so than anything else. Yeah, I mean, I saw a guy on the other day where it's obvious there's been a line of trees yeah. and the grass is not growing where these old line of trees used to be. Do you see, do you see what we're trying to get at there, Graham? Yeah. Um, we've got a back garden and a front garden, and the front garden was laid to previous lawn, but we've mm -hmm. levelled that out. The same as half the back garden, that's yep. been levelled out with its topsoil. And we've got bare patches on both back and front. Yeah. And they're always in the same place, you just can't sort of, they're not moving right. around or anything. Yeah. I, that's a hard one. I mean, I would, I would tend to dig out. Dig out. Three or four inches down. Yeah, add a bit more soil into there, fresh soil and, and turf rather than try to seed. Oh, um, okay. And you, you may well then be out of I mean, you could going. try seed, you uh, could try turf on the area that you've already got a problem with, but it sounds as if you've got a slight, there's something there something that's there wrong. That, for that size of patch that isn't moving, you know, it's, 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 there's something there that is... It doesn't like. It doesn't like. Okay. We did buy a pH test kit, and it puts that at about 6 pH 6, no. if that means anything to That's you. slightly acidic, but, but it, it shouldn't, shouldn't affect be a problem seed. for grass. No, shouldn't affect grass seed. Because, I, I mean, it, the whole soil will be around about that, um, unless, it, you know, it's an indicator that, that there is something there that is slightly acidic, but the, the pH won't be doing it, but maybe the thing that's causing it to be slightly acidic might be. Give it, give right. it, a, okay. give it a go. What we suggest, Graham, and come back and let us know how you get on, because we'll be interested to know whether you, whether the turf works. Yeah. Yeah. Okay then. Thank Thanks you very so much, much indeed. And turf's not that expensive either, no. is it? In all honesty. So, right. Let's go to rain to uh, Neville. Hello, Neville. Hello, Ken. Hello, David. Hello. Pele what are we I talking about today, Neville? I took some pelargonium cuttings uh, the end of last summer. And, and some fuchsia cuttings, and I've been raising them over the winter in in the greenhouse. Lovely. Yeah. I've been keep, keeping an eye on with a bit got enough water. Mm -hmm. What I'm trying, what the question is really, 
can I feed them now or just keep watering them? I, I would keep watering them. Yeah. Don't let them get too wet. And if you was just to add a little bit of feed, I wouldn't go full strength. Um, no. But a little bit of feed certainly won't do any harm. The, the day lengths are getting longer. There should be a bit of growth coming. So, yeah, why not? Yeah, some of them are about an inch. Some are about just over two inches high, yeah. now, I suppose. Just, just a, a half, half way. Um, and that that would be fine. Don't overfeed, though. No. And All right. Also, we've got some uh, black currant bushes that are falling, you know, they're really flourishing. We just wonder whether we should leave them or prune them. I know they say, sometimes say to prune them down. Not now. It's a bit late. Yeah, it's a bit late. I mean, if you've got any old old growth in there, then you might want to remove some of that. But if unless they've been there for a, for a great number of years, then you're probably best leaving them alone. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, same with gooseberries and that if, sort of thing. Or if they're quite new, how new are they? All, all these plants you're talking about. How many years old? I think the black currants have been in quite a while. Um, probably more than five years. But. Mm. If there's uh, if there's old woody growth in either those or the gooseberries, you can remove the woody growth. Just to open up the open plant. Open up the plant, but that's all. Right. Yeah. And feed with what fish bud and bone. Or... Yeah. Perfect. Anything like that. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Right. Thanks for your help. Anyway. We'll be back to your calls, texts and emails shortly, but let's take a final look at some of the top tips that I've got for you this week. The other thing is is lifting. Um, herbaceous plants and resetting them often the middles have gone take them out get rid of the weed doesn't matter if you take them hard back to root because you've often got a, a lot of new growth coming at this time of the year divide them up with a knife and replant them in groups of five sevens or threes that's the herbaceous plants michaelmas daisies um austramerias daylilies all those sort of things goldenrod divide them up Separate them out and you'll get lovely new growth from them. While talking about that, um, watch out for slugs on things like dicentra, slugs and snails. And that way you can also, you can put slug pellets down. Be very careful because they will eat away at those. So they are. There's a couple of things that you can be getting on with. And don't forget, the podcast is always available for you with special tips. Out of interest, we were talking greenhouses, Dave. Just go quickly to Jen in Onga, who says, when do you bring new plants out of greenhouse to start to harden off before planting out, please? Well, really, it depends on the weather. <laughs> and the plant. And the plant. But generally, you can introduce them to the outside, can't yeah. you, on a sunny, calm day? Because wind is one of the biggest problems, w isn't Wind it? will not do them any good, and they'll be pretty soft. So just, just look at the weather. If you've got a reasonable day... And even sometimes not too sunny because you bring them out of the greenhouse in the sun, full sun. It will burn. That can cause some trouble. So just want to just a nice mild day, bring them out. Give a bit them a, of shade, in, in yeah, a bit of shade, but warmish conditions. That's fine. And just watch the weather forecast. Well, slowly. But if um, they're a soft plant like geranium we were talking about, yeah. pelagoniums, you're talking about May, aren't you? Yeah, before you there's no need out. to really harden them off. Just keep them ticking along um, and perhaps make sure you ventilate the greenhouse to, to cool them down that way. Going back to the phones to Alan from Hoddesdon. Hello, Alan. Hello, Ken, Dave. Uh, right. Just a little tip I've got. Um, I didn't see the programme last night on planting potatoes, but what I normally do, I've got a bit of four-inch soil pipe. I yep. put a handle on the top and I wriggle that in to make a hole about four inches deep. Mm -hmm. And I wrap my potatoes in a straw and then plant them like that and then carry on and blanch them uh, Keep them up afterwards. The mine always seem to come all right. What does the straw do? Yeah. It, it, well, you know, it just keeps them warm for a little while. Oh, right. That's an interesting one. Yeah. Do you still backfill the hole? So you, you put a bit of straw around a potato and then backfill with soil? 
Yeah, just... oh, yeah, I do that, and uh, I heap them up when they gradually grow through. And, you know, I find that mine seem to be okay, and it saves all that back-breaking work of digging a trench. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, that is just like a large, a four-inch bulb planter you, you, yeah. you've made there. But I've never heard of, of the, the, the wrapping, but obviously it works for you. So that's yeah, the first, well, I think first for me. Yeah, I think it down over the course of the year. Yeah, and then yeah. next, when I dig it up, it's just in the ground for next year to I, carry I on. use a lot of straw as a mulch on the surface just to stop weeds and keep the moisture and just dig it in. So Same principle. Um, yeah, yeah, but that's good. It's nice to know something new. Alan. And also, I've got a two and a half inch rainwater pipe, which I do exactly the same with. When I've got a three inch pot, I'd, anything, I knock it out of the pot and I pop it straight into the two and a half Brilliant. inch hole, and it just fits in nice and snugly. You know, you know how to make things a bit easier, don't you, Alan? Eh? <laughs> I try to. Yeah, well, I'm getting on a bit, and I want an easy life. Yeah. <laughs> Alan, thank you very much for your tips. That's what this program is all about: is getting tips from people and callers across the county and beyond in Hoddesdon. Um, so let's go to Anne. And who's in the county in Harlow? Hello, Anne. Yeah, hiya, hiya. Help. I'm having trouble with orchids. Right, um, which, can you... One... Is, it a, is it an orchid with the flower that is like a bit like a pansy, if you imagine a pansy That's flower? It. yeah. Phelanopsis. Yeah, okay. conventional two-stem orchid. Okay. Bought for me, within yep. bloom, when they finished, obviously okay. cut it back to the next little shoot... And mm-hmm. it grew beautifully. Got, I mean, there must be, and this is the second time, a dozen buds on it. But they're not doing anything. The buds are just dropping off. It's not actually opening out and flowering. Um, how are you watering it? About fortnightly. I've got some special feed, which I mix with rainwater. And, and you're, you're plunging it. it. it up. Yeah, I've been out and bought um, a goldfish bowl to put it in so that the light gets a the roots which i think you're supposed to do yeah because <clears throat> it sounds like over watering doesn't it over under yeah really yeah i mean normally really? just a, a, a plunge in in the water take them out let them drain and then make it. sure they're not continuing to drain in the pot they're sitting in so that they end up still sitting yeah. in water um, yeah. is, is and you don't, the and you don't need to feed at this yet, Not really, no, no. Oh, right, okay, yeah. I am obviously trying that in desperation. I think I re- <laughs> try reducing your watering and doing it just like yeah. Dave said. Okay, will do. But All I right. have to say, yeah, I've noticed um, local supermarket that rhymes with middle. Yeah, I've got I've got some on offer, so maybe I'll have to get the <laughs> go and have it. another go. That's what it's about. Sometimes it's a bit like the old poinsettia, isn't it? It's not it worth is, the aggravation. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Anne, for your call. Let us know if that one comes back into flower with that few extra tip from Dave. Bill in Clacton. Hi, Bill. Hello there. Um, got a problem with cats. Yeah. Uh, basically, come over to do their business on the lawn. Now, the problem we've got is sons' dogs. Yeah. One in particular. Uh, run straight out on the lawn looking for his dinner. Yeah, it does <laughs> As get... dogs do. Yeah. Um, is there anything that I can put down or you can advise me that can stop this um, or at least, you know, make it so it's safe for the animals? Well, the some dogs? people use an electronic ones, don't they? Yeah. There's one called yeah. Cat Watch, which you can get, which is specifically for cats, which is an electronic noise that affects their ears. Doesn't hurt them, no. but it stops them. Sometimes the dogs don't like it either. No, if you buy a cat watch, I don't think that one affects dogs, right? Because the wider range ones will affect dogs as well, and that's the problem. Um, The only what else would you do? uh, The trick is is to stop them coming in in the first place. Um, And normally, is it? Have you got a proper fence around the garden? 
Yes, yeah, I mean, they're straight over that. Yeah, but you can get prickle strips. Which, right, yeah. Because, which you can just put on, if there's certain areas they're coming over, they're just like a little plastic, um, short, they're not big, long spikes, they're just short, makes it a bit uncomfortable if you're trying to clamber over a fence. Um, right. And they, they can help. Um, you can get repellents, you know, powdered repellents that, Put, put them off and it well it doesn't put them off coming in the garden but it might slow them down fouling in the areas that they are it's unusual they do it on the lawn because normally they bury it but um, yeah. it does happen I know so we haven't got any best answers for you Bill have we no or let um, the dog well, out before the cat comes in yeah uh, <laughs> another quick answer is we've got some fish blood and bone yep uh, is that um going to be a problem for the dogs if we lay it down um they'll probably have a good sniff around um because it is what it says on the tin normally if if you apply it and just just hoe it or, or cultivator into the soil a bit um there will be a smell for, you know certainly to the dog for a short while but they won't be able to really get their noses into it and and lick it up it won't hurt if they do it is just what it is but um they, they will sometimes like the idea of it <laughs> okay well thank you very much for your help all right. that's alright best of luck Bill and if anybody's got any quick answers you can text me with them uh, as long as they're safe and safe for animals you could text me quickly on 81333 start your message with your word Essex that could help uh, Bill in Clacton if not um, well we can always pass on information if it comes on email uh, next week Carolyn Averley what would you like to know about your cyanosis plant well, the first thing I'd like to know is whether it is a cyanosis. We moved into this house nine years ago and there was this beautiful blue blossom tree. It's blossomed every year for nine years. This summer, or last summer, we went away for a few months when the heat was here. Mm -hmm. We've come back and it's we think it's dead. We've had somebody come in and he said he thinks it's dead. Now, my husband has... <laughs> I, I think we should just dig the thing up, but my husband has said, is there any chance of it coming back to life? You sometimes can, can't yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, can't I can't it? think that it isn't a cyanophis. I mean, there don't many blue flowering shrubs no. that, that do that, so it probably is. I'd When you say dead, I take it the leaves are off it? They've all gone brown and dropped off. All the, we had this, this guy came in and chopped it back for us, and he said, oh, I think it's dead. Mm. He said, keep an eye on it. There's no sign of life on it whatsoever. Now the trunk is beginning to split in places. Yeah. So I, I think I would, it is. I mean... My first suggestion would be just give it a hard chop back and see if you can make really? any growth up from the stem. But it sounds like you've already done that um, in its pruning. So just look at it. If you don't see anything probably within the next month coming yeah. from that stem, then you've probably it's gone. It's time to get oh, a new it's one. Time to get a new a shame. one. Such a shame. Such a beautiful tree, but it didn't have any water. My husband turns the water off when we go away, so it didn't yeah. get any water at they don't, all. They don't always last forever. Some they're not, a long, they're they're not, not a, a long lasting no. tree, so it may not have been necessarily the summer, although oh. it didn't help. We think, it's about, we think it must be about 20 years old. So oh, we've had that, it for nine. That, that's pretty that's long life. time for a Ceanophis. That's about. Oh, right. Not all plants live forever, you know, some have a sort of time scale on them and, and over they go. So it's probably time to get a new one. <laughs> uh, is it worth putting another one in or should we put some, some other sort of no, tree? No, no, no. Plant another one. Plant another Plant one. Another like one. Them. Won't hurt. It'll be nothing to do with the, the soil or anything like that. So just, just pop another one in. 
So should I... we dig it out by the roots, or do we just? Oh chop yes, the no. If you can get it get out. Get the roots out. Yeah, just as though not in a way. Oh, we're going to love that then. Okay. <laughs> Thanks very much. Right. Okay. Talking about crossing crossing county lines, we're now going to Norman in Kent. Hello, Norman. Yeah. Good morning. Um, well, just yeah. a quick one. I've been given a perfume princess. Um, Daphne, um, it's in a 15 centimetre pot and it's about 20 centimetres high, so it come from a very beautiful land hydrock garden in Cornwall. Um, I want to know, is it best to put it in the soil, in the ground or in a container? We've got a, east, a west facing garden and borders on the north and south side of the garden as well. Yeah, it's a, lo- it's a lovely thing, that, um, Daphne, but that's still quite a, a young plant. It is, isn't it? Um, they hate moving. You, it, yeah, they? you won't get an old, old or you can get an old one, but of course you're a fortune. fortune yeah. Um, yeah. So I would, personally, I would maintain it in a pot. Um, if it's still in the pot that it was purchased in, it probably will need to go on to a larger one because very rarely do nurseries ever grow plants on in pots for longevity Um, but I I would keep it in a pot make sure that the soil is a good free draining soil they really don't like sitting around John John in is an an add grit add grit to to a a, a John in's number three probably but plenty of it they just don't like sitting wet when when it's slow and cold yeah we had Um, a Daphne Adora and that that lasted about nine years but it gave up the ghost Mm. Um, but uh, as far as fence is concerned, what about some anti-climb paint along the top of your garden that's, fence to stop cats? Yes, great idea. Thank you, Norman. Yes, okay. good one. And talking of those, also somebody else has said uh, bury mothballs around the garden to deter cats. It worked for somebody's dad. So they are. <laughs> they probably so don't get come, from, come from Whittam, so that was all right. Uh, just run through a few uh, texts that we've got. My lawn needs cutting, but ground is still so wet. What should I do? Leave it until it dries a bit or cut it. No, you wait till it's slightly dry. I don't do it in soaking wet weather, would you? No. But, and see you don't cut it too short. That's the most important thing is cut high at the moment. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. It says it's been done once. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing to do. Uh, Dan and Dave, start treating my... Uh, do I, when do I start treating my magnolia to prevent sooty mould? They obviously got sooty mould last year. Uh, I hope I got on top of it last year. Well, of course, it, it's not the sooty mould that's the problem, is it? No, it's just normally c- conditions. So um, when it first comes into a leaf, give it a give it a spray and just make sure you haven't got any of the old stuff hanging around and a bit of air movement. So really it. what you're doing, a, pest, a pesticide, are you? It's not, well, I'd use a rose clear or something like that. Use a rose clear. Covers both, doesn't covers it? Covers both. Thanks very much for listening to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. If you missed any of the answers to the questions we gave, you can download this programme and take it with you on the BBC Sounds app. If you haven't downloaded it yet, you should do. Get it on your tablet, get it on your phone. Don't forget, if you have a gardening question for us, you can call us, yes, next Saturday at 11 o'clock on 0800 4041 and be part of the programme. Remember, every Saturday morning, gardening here on BBC Essex.